Bible, uh, I'd love you to turn with me this morning, the book of Acts. The book of Acts in the second chapter, Acts chapter 2. And I, I want to just share a, a simple thought this morning, and then at the end of the message, what I'd like to do is pray for people to receive uh, a fresh touch of the power of the Holy Spirit. Uh, because where would we be without the Holy Ghost? And uh, I thank God for the Holy Ghost. And I want to have a look at uh, the, the first verse of Acts chapter 2. And uh, I also would like to uh, read it, just this particular part of my text. The rest of what I share with you will be in the New King James. But this specifically, I'd like to read in the Old King James uh, this morning, only because it just says it better. And uh, it doesn't say different, it sometimes just says cooler, you know. And, uh, and it's a bit more old school, and sometimes old school is the best school. So uh, if we can have a look at Acts chapter 2, verse 1, I don't know if we can get it on the screen, but I'll read it to you. And, uh, and so it's on page 958 for the two of you taking notes this morning. So I'd love you to uh, read this with me, uh, and I'm going to read it to you. It says this, and it starts in, in the original King James. Uh, in the New King James, it says when, but in the Old King James, it says and when. So somebody say, and. And I want to show you this. He says, he says, and this is Luke writing, he says, and when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they are all with one accord in one place. Somebody say, one accord, one place. Isn't that interesting? Sometimes we can be in one place, but we're not always in one accord. Uh, the Bible says, oh, how good and pleasant it is when brethren dwell together in unity. Together is the same word in Scripture in the original language as unity. In other words, he says, it's great when we dwell together when we're together. Because sometimes we can be together, but not together. I mean, I'm not a big fan of UFC, but you see those girls beating the living daylights out of each other. They're together, but they're not together. You know, they're, you know, they're together in proximity, but not spirit. And, and I, I believe one of the greatest keys to a move of God is right here. We see it in the principle here. We see it in Psalm 133. He says, when you're together, together, I'll pour out my blessing. It's a promise with a command. But he says here, when the day of Pentecost was fully come, it doesn't say they were tithing. It doesn't even say they were praying. It doesn't say they were fasting. It simply says they were together and they were together. There's nothing more powerful than a church that when, they're in, when we're in one room but have one spirit. We have one heart. We have one mandate. We're, when there's a sense of the oneness of God in our hearts, we're knit together by the Holy Spirit. That's the breeding ground for a supernatural visitation from heaven. But that's got nothing to do with what I want to talk about this morning. But I just thought I'd throw that in. Uh, but he says this. He says, and when the day. Somebody say and. Verse 2, it goes on to say, and suddenly, so, and when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. And we see this word again. And it filled the whole house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of fire. And, it's very powerful. I'm inspired by the word and this morning. <laughs> and it sat upon each of them, and... They were all filled. I love that right there because it doesn't say some of them. The whole room caught the Holy Ghost. I mean, let me tell you, my prayer today isn't just two or three, oh, we get under the spell where the glory comes out. I pray every single one of us from the back to the front get touched by the fire of God in the name of Jesus. He says, and appeared under them cloven tongues like the fire and it sat upon each of them and they're all filled with the Holy Ghost. Ooh, shabba ding ding. Rubber gumboots. And began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them the utterance. I'd love to preach for just a few moments. And the title of my message today is The Holy Spirit and. The Holy Spirit and. When the Holy Spirit comes into your world and 
enters into your life, he brings so much of God with him. When you get filled with the Holy Spirit, you, you, even if getting filled with the Holy Spirit simply meant, meant that you encountered the Spirit of God, and, it was, and that, was, that was in and of itself the only thing that happened, it would still be beautiful and life-changing, but when you encounter God, not only do you meet the power of the Holy Spirit and experience His touch and experience His life, but He brings with Him, when He, oh man, I feel that in my bones as well, when, when, he, when he fills you, when He touches you, He brings the resource of heaven into your life. And so not only have you met the person of the Spirit of God, but you've been touched with, 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 with the goodness, the giftings, the graces, and, and, and the beauty of heaven enters your life and you are resourced. One of the meanings for the word filled with the Spirit means to be furnished and supplied. When you build your house or you buy a house, you furnish your house because you've got to make a home in that world. When the Spirit of God fills you, He furnishes and supplies and builds a, builds a dwelling place in you from which He can impact the world from within your life because you, the Bible says, know ye not, don't you know, know ye not that you are a temple of the Holy Spirit. I don't know about you, but I want to be a temple who carries the power of the living God and the person of the Holy Spirit. But this is the beauty of the Holy Spirit. When you get the Holy Ghost, you don't just get the Holy Ghost. There's so much more that comes into your world. And you'll see all through Scripture, you see the Holy Spirit and. And, and, and the word and. We don't really do too many word studies on the word and. And and the are two of the most commonly English words. <laughs> There's my grammar. <laughs> Me fail English? That's impossible. Do you know, the and and are two of the most used words in our English language. And so we hear these words, and we don't really teach too much on the word and, but the word and is an interesting word. It means also, it means moreover. It can also be a softer version. This is so interesting. A softer version of the word but, B-U-T, I'm not talking about your, your, but. So and is a softer version of the word but, because the word but is almost a contradiction to what's just been said. And complements what's being said, but sometimes can not be a contradiction, but can be contrary to your expectation. And so when we see this and, he says, uh, you'll be touched with the Holy Spirit, and it's almost like, if that's not enough, contrary to even what you might think, I've got more. There's some and. I want to bring some more blessing and some more favor into your life by the Spirit of God. And so we see uh, through Scripture, the Holy Spirit didn't just come upon us. Other things took place as well when that happened. Let's have a look at Mary in the book of Luke, chapter 1. Mary's minding her own business. An angel comes from heaven and says, Mary, you're going to have a child. She says, how can this be? I don't know a man. I'm not, I'm not willing to uh, do the things you need to do to have a baby until I'm a married person. So how's this going to happen? And he says, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. And he doesn't put a full stop there. He says, and the power of the highest will overshadow you. And so at that moment, uh, the Spirit of God comes upon her life and brings Jesus into her, uh, brings a seed for Christ in her womb. See, when the Spirit of God comes upon you, there's always something birthed in your life. There's an and, there's a, a supernatural increase, there's a supernatural blessing. I, I could never be the kind of Christian that's saved and on my way to heaven, but not desiring to be baptized in the Holy Spirit because there is so much of what God has for us that comes 
by the power of the Holy Ghost. Can you say amen on a lazy Sunday morning in the name of Jesus? We see, we see in, in Luke chapter 3, another consistent version of this. We see Jesus is coming to be baptized. And the Bible says in Luke 3.22, the Holy Spirit descended like a dove upon Jesus. The Bible says the Holy Spirit descended like a dove. But it also goes on to say, and a voice cried out from heaven. The Holy Spirit comes, but still God does something supernatural. As well as filling, there's always something that accompanies the power of the Holy Spirit. It's almost like when you say, God, would you fill me? He says, I'll fill you with the Spirit. But would you like fries with that? Or <laughs> would you like whip? Well, yes, of course I want fries. It's a stupid question. I, I mean, I'm not going to go to Macca's and get myself a Coke and a burger and leave. I'm getting fries. I'm... I need fat in my life. I need, I've got pimples that need nourishment. You know, this is... I want, I want the upgrade. I don't know, but I'm always trying to ferret an upgrade. I'll do everything I can to just... I, just, I, I want a little bit more. Give me an inch. I'll, I'll take a mile. But when it comes to the Holy Spirit, he, he goes, oh, I want you, you want baptism in the Spirit? That's great, but I'm going to give you so much more. Uh, you're going to get giftings. You're, you're going to start seeing things in the Holy Ghost. Man, you're going to get words from heaven. You, you lay hands on someone, a miracle is going to take place. Well, that's not what I asked for. He, but here's the deal. You ask for the Holy Spirit, you get every subsequent blessing that comes by being filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. Man, I don't know about you. I, I want to be filled with the Holy Ghost. Do you know, I heard Pastor Danny Guglamucci a few, a few, a few weeks ago. We are on a plane together. Uh, he's a pastor in Adelaide. I'm sure you know who he is. He's a legend. And we're, I preach at a church in Queensland. In fact, I preach with Pastor Paul healing he was preaching at another church and we're sitting across the aisle from each other and we're just having a chat all the way no one could ring us we're in the sky so we just had this awesome conversation he says David he says when it comes to call of God on your life he said your and and I've got to clarify because we say our vowels differently uh, and so I want to I'll, I'll make it very clear but he says your and your a-n-d he says determines your end your e-n-d he says your and has a massive impact on your end and so that began to just well up in my spirit and I started to say God man I, 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 I want the right ends in my life you you look at a lot of significant people uh, their ends define them in many ways for example there's Ernie and Bert I mean <laughs> Bert without Ernie would be lost he, he I mean I think Ernie would be his only friend Bert has issues but, but it's Ernie and Bert it's Kermit and Piggy it's Will and and Kate it's Batman and Robin what do you call Batman and Robin after being been run over by a steamroller, flat man and ribbon. And you've got Forrest and Jenny. You've got Ross and, and Rachel. You've got <laughs> Phil and Claire. You've got uh, Oprah and Stedman. You've got Gilligan and the Skipper. That's for the old people. You've got Kanye and Kanye. You've got, <laughs> you got Homer and Marge. You've got Brad and Angela. It's an old message. You've got Bill. <laughs> Bill and Hillary, you got Donald and Melania. <laughs> that one's settling the air for a little bit. It's huge. Uh. <laughs> eggs and bacon. You can't just have eggs, you gotta have bacon. Chips and stuff. I mean, you just, and. <laughs> Through the Bible, you, some significant ends. Adam without Eve, we wouldn't be here. Thank God for that end. I mean, <laughs> And you sort of want to give him a smack around the back of the head for being so stupid. <laughs> Abraham and Sarah, Elijah and Elisha, David and Goliath. Isn't it amazing that 
David's biggest adversary is probably his greatest end in his life because it took that end. Ooh, shaka. Under Paul and Barnabas, Peter and John, Priscilla, Aquila, signs and wonders, healing and miracles, righteousness, peace and joy, grace and truth, Father, Son and Holy Ghost. I mean, ends are ends significant. And so I, I don't know about you, but I want all the ends that God has. It's not an awe for me. I don't want the Holy Ghost or fire. I want a Holy Ghost and fire. I, none of this awe. I don't want... Some people say, you know, I'm a word person. I'm a spirit person. I'm a word and spirit person. I, I don't want to just be the word and just Bible word, scripture, and Bible word, scripture. I want Bible word scripture, but then I want to hang around with the author as well. And, and so when I'm reading the word, the author's going, there it is. And I'm like, have a ding ding, shaka shaka no. And growing in the grace of God, you've got to have both. You, some people, I'm a word person. Can I say, oh, I'm a word and spirit person, man. I, I'm a word person. I love the Bible. I love the Bible from Genesis to maps. I mean, maps is one of my favorite books. It's, a, it's incredible. But I'm not, I'm not just into the word God. I need that living supernatural spirit of God. Somebody say hallelujah. Somebody say our God is an awesome God. And so we read through scripture and there are some ands that come with the infilling of the Holy Spirit. I'd like to have a look at some of them this morning. And I want to encourage you to believe God that when you come into an atmosphere like this and the Spirit of God touches you, know that there is maybe more happening in terms of what he's bringing into your life than you may even realize. And so I pray this builds your faith this morning. But let's go old school for a minute. The first one, number one, there's the Holy Ghost and power. Somebody say, and power. Acts 1 and 8, Jesus says, you shall receive power after that or when the Holy Spirit has come upon you to be a witness to me in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria and to the ends of the earth. What he's really saying, if we look at that in today's terms, you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you to be a witness in Auckland, in the North Island, in New Zealand, and to the ends of the earth. I, I don't think it's a coincidence that the movement that you're a part of is called Acts. So I feel like that may be a driving force, is that, is that the power of God gets on you to expand the church, to take nations for the glory of God and to see the hand of God poured out in your heart and in your life, the Holy Spirit and power. Jesus Christ, when he was born, here's a question. When he was born in Bethlehem, uh, just at the tender age of one day old, let me ask you a question. Was he the son of God? That's a, yes. It's not a trick question. Was he God the son? Yes, he was. Was he God? Was he part of the Trinity? Yes, he was. When he was 10? Yes, yes, he was. It's interesting that it wasn't until he was 30 that the Holy Spirit came upon him. Bible says in Acts 10 38, God anointed Jesus with the Holy Ghost and with power. And it was after that that he entered the miracle ministry and started doing supernatural things. To me, it's very interesting that the entire time he was still the Son of God. The entire time he was still God the Son. But even as God the Son and even as the Son of God, he had laid aside his eternal glory to come to earth. And it wasn't until the Holy Spirit came upon him that he was able to do the miracles that he did. Jesus needed the Holy Spirit to do the things he did, so do, so do you and I. 
the Holy Spirit and power. There's something about the power of God that comes upon our life when we get baptized in the Holy Ghost. So I want to encourage us, let's be a people who are hungry for the power of God. You and I need power to win a world to Jesus. We, we need the anointing of God's Spirit. I, I, don't, I don't want to be a powerless Christian. I want, to, I want to have power active and alive in my life. So when I pray for people, things shift and things change and healing comes. And, and I, I know we've got uh, all, like a whole bunch of different campuses. We've got like Papatoe Toe uh, in Vicargal. Uh, I'm making them up. I don't really know. Uh, three campuses in Invercargill. They're going very well. They're all wear, wearing purple skirts down there. And uh, but can, wherever, wherever you're watching, if you're watching online, whether you're watching in North Shore, help me past the Byron, or in Monaco, I'm trying to say it the right way, Tauranga, you're probably at the beach, you're not even in church, you're heathens up there in Mount Monganu. What, what else? What else? Puck, puck a Koei. Uh, Dingo Creek. That's a big one. It's going well. They've got six people and a dog. The dog's on drugs. Pray for the dog. Whether you're here, whether you're in the room today, whether you're at a campus, you're watching online, listening to a podcast, can I tell you, we as a church, more than ever, we need the power of the Holy Spirit, that dunamis power, that that anointing. <laughs> some of us, we need, maybe some of you have been a bit dry. I, I'm gonna, I believe today we'll get some Holy Ghost defibrillators on you. We'll stand back clear in the name. Power in Jesus' name. Still flat like heaven. In the clear, boom, there it is. Maybe some of you just need a jump start this morning, you know? Because here's the thing. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, why are we called Pentecostals? Some of you go, I'm not Pentecostal. I don't wear my hair in a bun. I'm not talking about cultural kind of religious Pentecostalism. I'm talking about we're Pentecostals because we believe what happened on that day, that the fire of God shook Jerusalem. We believe that that is available today. I was telling the kids at camp, we're called Pentecostals because the Holy Spirit fell on Pentecost and we believe that's for us today. If, if the Holy Spirit fell on Christmas, we'd be Christmacostals. It's simple. In an upper room on the day of Pentecost, the Holy Spirit fell and he brought power with him. And the church was started, and it was started in the power of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit and power. I was on an aeroplane the other day. I sat next to this lady, and uh, I could tell without talking to her that she was a Christian. She had a Christian shirt with an eagle on it. <laughs> and it said, they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. Running up over here, mount up with wings as eagles, book of Isaiah. Remember looking at that woman thinking, I'm not telling her I'm a Christian. She had a vest. On one side of the vest was the first five of the Ten Commandments. On the other side was the other five. She had a hair bauble. And on the hair bauble, it was shaped like a dice. It was a cube. And on each panel of that dice was a different Bible character. I mean, this woman, her earrings were little fish, you know, from the, from the bookshop. She's... Which, she had a Bible, uh, but she didn't just have a Bible. The Bible had a Bible cover. How many have got a Bible cover in here? If you've got a Bible cover in here, you're too saved. You need to dial it back. Just, if you could just commit a little bit of sin this week, just to... Her Bible didn't just have a Bible cover, friends. It had scripture on the cover just in case the zipper malfunctions. The grass withers, the flower fades, the word of God says for it. She didn't have, she didn't have perfume on. She had an anointing oil that she bought from a TV preacher for a best gift of $20 and 
she was saved. She was, she was a Christian and she had evangelism beads, which are different colored beads that she'd flash in your direction. And I knew what they were because we had gone through that campaign growing up in, in church in the 80s and 90s. And so it was just different colored beads and it was a gospel story according to the beads. And, and so she, I didn't tell her I was a Christian, definitely didn't, didn't tell her I was a pastor. We didn't want to bring on the rapture, but she, she, she's showing these beads and flashing in my face and I couldn't help myself. I took the bait. I said, nice beads. She says, they're my evangelism beads. I said, what are they for? She said, evangelism. I said, well, the name fits, fits smart. So then she tells me the gospel according to these beads. And I'm sitting next to her on the plane hearing this gospel story. This color means this. this da, 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 da. And, and then she looks at me like, like I'm supposed to make a decision. I wasn't going to make a decision. I would never have given her the satisfaction. <laughs> never. So I put my headphones on and I remember flying. I thought to myself, if the future of the church, if the future of global evangelism, if the future of the souls of mankind hinges on these beads, we've got a problem. Because the Bible doesn't say you shall receive beads when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. I mean, they weren't in the upper room waiting for the presence of God. And they're like, oh, I've got beads. I must tell everyone about Jesus. Paul on the road to Damascus. Boom, a light shines from heaven. He gets up. Oh, I've got beads. Fantastic. We need more than gimmicks. I mean, as, as, as church, we... You know, we, we, got, we got Christian bookstores and Christian toys and Christian things and just there's a lot of Christian, you know, it's just very Christian. I mean, she looked like she'd been in a Christian bookstore during a hurricane and walked out with a debris and got on the aeroplane. But, <laughs> but the truth is we've got, we, we, we're so accessorized in our, in our Christian subculture that we've got to remember the early church didn't have that stuff. All they had was the power of the Holy Ghost. And can I encourage you, church, let's lean back in. Maybe you've got a bit dry. Maybe, maybe you've got a bit weary in your, in your passion for the power of the Spirit. Maybe some of you just need to pull the old string and fire up again. Just one more time. Fire up in the name of Jesus. Bring up her well within my soul and be filled with the power of the Holy Spirit in the name of Jesus. Anyway, man, I'm getting excited this morning. Bless Jesus. This is better than a poke in the eye with a blunt stick. Number two, the Holy Spirit we see here in the book of Acts 13, verse 52. Talks about the Holy Spirit above the Bible says, and the disciples were filled with joy and the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit. Spirit brings joy. I don't know how we can be full of the Holy Ghost and miserable. Oh, it's impossible. I mean, when I'm filled with the Spirit, it's almost a challenge. Just try to be miserable. You can't. You can't. I mean, you can be sad at times. You can go through difficult seasons. But it's crazy that even when you go through those difficult seasons, the Holy Spirit somehow just brings a, a joy that's almost illogical. It, it's a When we hear the term peace that passes understanding, the term of scripture, the, the admonition of God, he's talking about peace that passes understanding. In other words, it's a peace that makes no sense. It's a, it seems stupid. How, how can I be going through this hell right now but still have joy? It's because the Holy Spirit brings joy. The Holy Ghost brings joy. When you're filled with the Spirit, it brings peace into your inner moment. You know, happiness is based on happening. External things that determine our happy factor. But joy is an internal 
supernatural thing that comes out of the overflow. The Bible says the kingdom of God is not meat or drink, the book of Romans says, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. I want to encourage you, maybe maybe today you just feel like the world's on your shoulders. I pray that you would drink your fill this morning and be refreshed by the wonder of heaven in the name of Jesus, the Holy Spirit and joy. Let's, have, let's keep moving for a minute. Acts 4.31 talks about, and when they had prayed, the place where they were assembled together was shaken and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and they spoke the word of God with boldness. The Holy Ghost and boldness. I want to be bold. I want to I be bold in the spirit of God. Where somebody comes up to you and you're facing a challenge and you're not like, yeah, Jesus, help them. I want to be, in the name of Jesus, let the, let the fire of God come upon them and set them free. Hashtag Merry Christmas. You know, I got invited a few years ago to preach in Finland. Finland. <laughs> I don't know if that was a wow for Finland or a wow that I got invited to preach anywhere. I'm not, I'm not sure which wow that was. I'm, gonna, I'm just going to say wow and then say it backwards. Wow. <laughs> and say it upside down. Mum. But you know, Phil, uh, you know, talking about Phil with boldness. So I get invited to speak at Finland for the AOG Youth Convention in Finland, in a city called Yavaskula. <laughs> Sounds like a disease. <laughs> but it's a beautiful place. So I went to Yavaskula, Finland. I flew Adelaide, Melbourne, Melbourne, Bangkok, Bangkok, London, London, Helsinki. I get off the plane. This guy, he's my friend, his name's Yuka. Yuka invites me to preach in this <coughs> youth convention. So we get there. But Yuka, he had been in one of the services I preached in Australia and the fire of God touched his life. So he says, come and, and minister to our young people. So I was pumped, I flew over there. And so when I get there, the driver begins to brief me on what's gonna happen. He says, firstly, we don't believe that when you're filled with the Spirit, you speak in tongues. We don't, we don't believe that uh, healing is in the atonement. In other words, they don't believe that by his stripes we are healed means by his stripes we can have a miracle. And starts to tell me all these things that they don't believe. They, we don't believe this. I said, do you believe anything at all, bro? Because I'm getting pretty discouraged. And, and so then he said, the other thing, he said, we don't believe people get, uh, fall down under the power of God. That's, we think that's just Americanism. And I said, well, I'm Australian. And I've seen it happen there too. And I've seen it happen in New Zealand. I've seen it happen in Canada. I've seen it happen in South Africa. I've seen it happen in Singapore. I've seen it happen in New Zealand. And <laughs> I ran out, my geography's not very broad. <laughs> and so he, he, go, he basically looks at me like, says, okay. Then he says to me, he says, you've got three sessions. The first session, everybody's going to be at your service. He said, you'll have maybe 2,500 people there. He said, but the next session, there's going to be bands in other tents. So we're in a big white tent. And he said, and then the next day, there's going to be other activities as well. So you'll have a big crowd in the first one, but you won't have anyone really in the other ones. There'll be a bit of a crowd, but you've really got one, one to go. And, and he says, and yeah, and, so, and then he starts telling me all the things that aren't going to happen in the spirit. And so I was getting a bit discouraged. I'd flown 25 hours or so to get there, and this guy's telling me they don't believe in anything. And I was getting depressed. 
thank God for the anointing of God, something began to rise in my spirit. And I remembered two things. Firstly, you've got to be submitted to who you preach for. And I wasn't preaching for the driver. I was preaching for Yuka. And he told me he wanted a move of God. So firstly, I thought, well, the driver's not going to tell me uh, the spiritual condition of this camp that he didn't invite me to. And the other thing is, uh, I don't agree with him anyway. And so <laughs> I, I said to him, uh, so, so I was just thinking I was quiet. It was quite a long drive. So I just went like this through went. <laughs> he looks at me like, what's so funny? That's what he said. What's so funny? I said, you picked the worst person for your camp ever. <laughs> he goes, why? I said, he goes, because I basically only believe the things that you just talked about. I don't believe in anything else. <laughs> and he, so he looked at me and he goes, oh, good luck. So basically, it was kind of like, oh, all right, let's see, all right, whatever. So now I needed to have a revival, not for the sake of the young people of Finland, but for spite, you know, out of spite. <laughs> so I said, God. I said, God, you need to pour out your spirit. He's like, why? I said, spite. He goes, I agree. Let's nail these people. <laughs> First session, I thought, what am I going to preach on? I was going to preach on the power of the Holy Spirit, but I thought, I need to be more bold. So I preached on the fire of the Holy Ghost. Same message, just change the title. <laughs> Does it really annoy that guy? And so I started talking about when someone lays hands on you, the fire of God's going to come on you. You'll be filled, baptized in the Spirit. You're speaking tongues. The gifts of the Spirit come alive. You're going to be touched by God and, and all this. And, and uh, my translator, he wasn't even Spirit-filled. He was, I can prove it because I got excited. I went, oh, kura ba 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 shanda. He goes, hallelujah. I'm like, that's not what I said. <laughs> lying to the people. And so, but what's crazy, the first session I preached that and there's a young lady on the front row. I mean, there was no capture because they didn't fall over because we weren't in America, we were in Finland. So she comes forward. I said, sweetheart, lift your hands to God. I said, in the name of G, never had time to say this. The fire of God, in, in the name of G, thump. She goes down under the power of God. I look at that guy, go, <laughs> How do you like them apples? Do you believe in apples? So suddenly we had a catcher for our health and safety reasons. In that service, people are getting touched all over the building. So I said, so I said next service, I'm going to preach on the baptism of the Holy Spirit. We're going to pray for everyone to receive tongues. Get, get some bobo shan going on in Finland. <laughs> Imported all the way from America. So, so, she, so, so that next session, there's not two and a half thousand people there. There's now 3,000 people. No one's gone anything else. And all the workers of the camp are coming to see what God's done. So we laid hands on everything that moved. And if it didn't move, we prayed harder, you know. And so the power of God fills that place. And, and I don't know what happened to my Baptist interpreter, bless his heart. But by the end of that session, I'm trying to pray for people. And I couldn't get my hand in there because he's going, fire! And he's going, I'm like, this is awesome. Next service. Next service the next morning. We had the same kind of crowd. The place is packed out. We prayed for everyone. There were thousands of people on the floor under the anointing of God. Can I tell you, every now and then, I know, I know that's my walk, and some of you aren't traveling to Finland preaching, but in the different spaces of our life, we've got to walk in the boldness of the power of God and understand that the power of God's real, the anointing's real, and greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. Whether you're on the floor or in the cheap seats, God wants to do something supernatural in your heart and in your life in the name of Jesus. If you believe it, can you give God a praise? The Holy Ghost and boldness. I'm going to give you two more, and then we're going to, we're going to pray. Number six. <laughs> I just see what are we up to? I don't even know. Number 71. I want to have a look. Number four. The Holy Spirit. And this is old school. Can we go old school Pentecostal for a minute? I was raised Pentecostal. My parents, I don't know if you know my dad, he's preached here once or twice, his name's Tim Hall. Uh, 
he's a revivalist. My parents never fought in English, they fought in tongues, you know. Um, <laughs> so they settled issues. If I was sick on a school day, I never got compassion. Dad never said, you know, Dave, just stay in bed, rest. The door would burst open. <laughs> a bucket of oil, enough to dr drown a kangaroo. <laughs> in the name of Benny Hinn music, it just started playing. In the name, oh, hallelujah, lift your hands, I'm telling you. Jesus, pick him up, Jack, the fire of God's on. In the name of, they get Bill Sabritsky in to cast out 15 demons, you know. In the name of Jesus. I mean, it was so violent, Pastor Kathy. I know you'd be gracious to your children. Mine was abuse. I would, I would go to school, black eye, thick lip, blood nose, ear missing, teeth missing, but not one flu symptom, but I'd go to school. For my sixth birthday. I don't know what you got, Scott. You might have got G.I. Joe or Stretch Armstrong or Lego or something. Game Boy, I don't know how old you are, whatever. I got an overhead projector. <laughs> I'm, not, <laughs> I'm not talking about one of these newfangled things like that thing that, this is old school, where the anointing is. A box that big, how many remember what I'm talking about? How many went to church with the overhead projector? Oh, cool, rabababasha. We need to bring it back. It's this big by this big by that big. It had a stick with a lens and glass and a big light in there that if you looked at with your naked eye you died and uh, the words were on transparencies how many remember transparencies and, and uh, that, that you'd type them up on the computer photocopy them onto the transparency and uh, and the transparency would uh, be in this little wood, uh, this little uh, cardboard frame and you put it on the screen and and uh, if you put it on upside down people thought it was mission sunday and the song was in russian and uh, so I had, my friends had real toys, I had uh, the overhead projector and, uh, and a screen that was on three legs and I'd put it in the room and I'd lead my teddy bears in worship, see? And uh, I'd, we'd sing, I will enter his gates with thanksgiving in my heart, I will enter his courts with praise, this is the day, this is, how many remember those songs? That's where the anointing is, not this new rubbish that people are singing <laughs> in church today. I'd pull the bears out. Come here, bear, lift your hands, lift your paws to God. As you do, the fire of God comes up, fall out under the power of God, speaking in other tongues. And, and uh, one day I baptized Big Ted, baptismal Sunday. His eye fell off, my mum sews his eye back on, we testified to the healing power of God. Remember one day I thought, you know what, I'm going to expand my church. I invited the friends over. I said, let's have church in the bedroom. And uh, we had the projector there and had a few friends over and I thought we need to have communion. And, uh, and we didn't really have the ingredients, we had Panadol. <laughs> I don't know if you have them here, Ice Vovo biscuits. You have the, it's an Aussie thing, they're just like biscuits. Ice Vovos, and it's basically just a biscuit with like coconut and strawberry icing on top and strawberry jam. And this. Let me tell you, if you had that in your communion, your church would grow. Uh, <laughs> I reckon I'm gonna try it in my church next week because we just do those nasty little crackers. <laughs> Cut your esophagus on the way down. <laughs> You know what I'm talking about. So I'd hold up the cup of Panadol. Say, friends, there's healing in this cup. That's my childhood. I grew up old school Pentecostal. We used to go to tent revivals. Sick would be healed and people's lives would be changed. But one thing that I knew is right here in Acts 2, 4, our original text said they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and there was an and and they began to speak with other tongues. The Holy Spirit and tongues. For some people, tongues is a strange thing. Tongues is a strange thing. 
that no one here is going to tell you that speaking in tongues is not unusual. But unusual doesn't mean wrong. It just means it's not expected in our natural sense. But when you're baptized in the Spirit of God, there's a prayer language that accompanies the baptism in the Spirit that stirs up power on the inside of you. I, I, I feel like it's my mandate from heaven to make sure, and I know this church is the same, there's thousands of others doing the same thing, but it is a, a critical mandate of mine. And thank you, musicians, if you can come, that would be awesome. Is that I would love to see... Uh, I would love to see the next generation receive the baptism of the Spirit, speaking in other tongues, filled with the power of God. David said, David said in the book of Psalms, he says, when I'm old and grey, I want to declare my power to the next generation. I'm not old and grey, but I do believe there's another generation that needs what we had. And that's why parents send your kids to camp. You get your kids baptised in the Spirit. We had so many kids get the baptism in the Holy Ghost on Thursday, of Wednesday morning, or whatever it was, and God began to move in church. I want to encourage you today. It may be, maybe you've been filled with the Spirit, you've spoken to Maybe it's a long time since you prayed in tongues. Maybe, maybe you haven't prayed in tongues in a long time. You just let that gift that's on the inside of you just, you know, just almost get a bit dormant. Can I encourage you? Stir that up again. Pray in the Spirit again. Stir up. The Bible says, build yourself up, Jude 20. Build yourself up in your most holy faith by, by praying in the Holy Ghost. And Matthew 3.11, my last thought. John. We don't know too much about John the Baptist. We know a fair bit about John the Baptist. But one thing we really do know is he was a Baptist. <laughs> and I'm not being unkind. I married a Baptist. She's now Baptocostal. <laughs> what that simply means is when she prays in tongues and shouts, then she analyzes her own behavior just to make sure it's been. <laughs> John was a Baptist. And he said one day, he said, I baptize in water. He said that. There's one coming. He's a Pentecostal. And he says he'll baptize you in the Holy Spirit and fire. I just want to say the last thought. As the people of God, we need the Holy Spirit and fire. This is how we